well, well, look who's back. Welcome to a tale of two rivals, a fantasy football podcast where a two-time defending Dynasty champion who loves to trash talk and back it up listens to a number-loving runner-up nerd talk about all these advanced analytics when nothing's better than this champ's eye test. I am indeed your reigning two-time champ, Todd FF Banterman Foster, joined by... Oh, FF underscore Spaceman. And Todd, it's always brutal to hear you in, uh, introduce yourself like that. It, uh, I'm sure it doesn't get old for the, the listeners, but it does for me. So uh, I'm here, ready to talk rookie ranks. Ready to talk... Uh, I'm ready to dive into it. Dive into the numbers. Stay loose. Um, have you recovered from losing to me in the championship yet? I don't even remember. Did it happen? If I don't it, remember, did it, did it happen? Oh, you blacked out <laughs> that it was so painful. Wow. I, Damn, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't mean to do that. We're friends, man. I, I'm i sorry, dude. Actually, when, no, I'm not. I'm not at all. I'm not when sorry. When DJ Moore got hurt, I knew it was going to be a problem, so... Yeah, man, you were top-heavy. You lack depth. It's all good. So, um, <laughs> so <laughs> anyways, all right, enough, enough trash talk for now. We'll come back. But we have big news, big fantasy news from the podcast. One of us is is making strides in this in this community. Dave, why don't you tell people about the big news? Well, uh, strides, I'll, I'll, I'll take it, Todd. But no, I, it was pretty cool. I'm, I've started to write over for um, the Dynasty Football Factory. Um, I, they reached out to me about writing, and I submitted a piece, and they liked it. And so I've written uh, two articles, one on QB BMI, which was uh, really fascinating stuff for my parents to read. Um, probably the only people who read it. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I got I got through half of it and started shaking my head. <laughs> yeah, well, the whole point was it didn't matter. So I, you know, it's just what you thought. But um, so, <laughs> and then um, I'm not your target audience. Yeah, and then um, I wrote on Clyde Edwards Flair, which I actually enjoyed writing that piece a lot because I like him and I thought it was an interesting uh, dichotomy between Sonny Michelle rising up draft boards and and uh, ceh rising up draft boards so yeah it's, I, it's been a lot of fun i i did read that whole piece and i did read the whole qbm bmi piece which hey i thought it was well done just not my cup of tea but i loved your um ceh um article that was really really well done i really enjoyed that one uh definitely go check that out on uh, D- dynasty fantasy factory um, football fat dynasty football factory football factory my bad um <laughs> It was an excellent piece. That, that, that place is that's a loaded, loaded site with so many different resources to be able to help you with your dynasty weeks. Not to mention, like if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a nerd and should be part of some of these communities, anyways. So um, yeah, so I'm um, I'm excited to dive into it. Though um, I actually had um, kind of a big move for me in one of my in my Debbie week. I wanted to talk about because I feel like. I feel like I'm looking into a crystal ball, Dave, and I'm seeing the future, and I'm like salivating for what this is going to do for my dynasty team. So I was able to trade. Um, Who did I trade? I traded. Um, a, <laughs> uh, it was Keyshawn Boti, who's a he's a number two ranked senior wide receiver. My first round Devi pick. And my third round Debbie peak for 2021, and I got Sam Howell, who just set a record for true freshman throwing touchdowns at UNC this year. And if you look at him, he's about 6'4", 225, super athletic. He's a dual threat, can make all the throws. Like, the numbers are there. The breakout age is there, Dave. The breakout age is there. Um, <laughs> on on Dynasty uh a Dynasty Fantasy League uh, site. He's ranked as a number three Debbie one behind Lawrence and, Th- and Fields. So, um, and I'm also a huge UNC basketball fan, so I, there's some bias there. But I was super excited to get him. And you know what my outrage was, Dave? You're going to tell us. So let's, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah, you're going to know, man. I go to Twitter to be able to announce this. There's no, there's no stock Sam Howell gif. Like, I don't know how one goes about making gifts. But I think I need to do this because Sam Howell is being disrespected. Well, this man, this man has set history in college football, and he's not getting the respect he deserves. The man needs a gif. Todd, if you're such a big fan, I thought it would have just been expected you would make the first gif. I mean, come on, man, step up. You're, Dave, you're talking I all like, this trash. Let's go. Come on. I, I mean, I, my my point being is like, how does one go about that? Like, like, is it something I want to invest my time into? <laughs> you, you you YouTube it, and then you go from there. <laughs> 
I mean, I'm too busy looking at the rookie rankings in February. So, like, pre-combine even. So, yeah, no, but I was super excited about that. Devi, it's my first Devi league. It's, um... It was my first rookie draft. We did 15 rounds of a century drafting high school seniors. I feel like I'm preparing my whole life for that kind of a draft. And um, it, it's a fun league, man. I'm really enjoying it. So, um, Sam Howell, welcome to the Bantering Bastards. So, um, so yeah, so we're going to dive into uh, the rookie rankings. So, essentially what Dave and I are going to do today is we're going to go through, uh, definitely through two tiers. Uh, see if we can get to a third tier, seeing how time goes, because I'm sure Dave and I will get amped up about some of our our choices so um we're gonna start off with tier one and um dave do you want me to let the people know uh what i got on there uh before we do i just want to tell people how i'm gonna kind of approach how i really oh. approach the the um how i went about ranking my guys um my ranks so what i so like uh, we mentioned in the last episode I, I i released my my database which has over 1800 um college prospects and so, dating back to 2003 and I ran a bunch of um, regression analysis and I figured out what, or I'm starting to try to understand what stats matter for what positions. And I started looking at the wide receiver positions and obviously what everyone talks about, breakout age matters. Um, and then, you know, market share is a very, um, very popular, um, receiving market share is very popular. But what I found is that actually when you start looking at the, like from all the yards they compile, so the scrimmage yards, that is actually a little bit more telling than just your standard team per pass attempt or your team or your just um, market share of receiving yards. So I'm looking at it through the like it's basically a dominator rating of scrimmage yards, and then um, the scrimmage yards per play, um, and then also their scrimmage TDs. And I'm taking well, how I'm looking at it is their average their entire time in college, and I was look at their returns because I, I it's been shown to find that you know special teams ability. And that kind of dynamism can pay off in the NFL. So that's how I'm going to be looking through it. Um, switching it up a little bit for me, but I'm always, you know, trying to get a little bit nerdier. So here we go. I'm ready, Todd. You decide to get nerdy for the sake of being a nerd, and <laughs> you know, you just love you be you, baby. You you love you love you. All right. But you understand what I was saying about the scrimmage? That made sense about the scrimmage yards and what I was saying. Or oh, it totally made sense. Okay. I don't care. But no, yeah. no, no. I just want to make sure that I understand. <laughs> Because sometimes I'm just, you know, you know, I'd rather be uh, looking at a spreadsheet than talking. So I'm glad I, I went. All right. I feel like sometimes we have to discuss this, Dave. That the whole reason this show works is that I don't agree with you at times. No, I, no, I just I wasn't saying you agreed. I just want to make sure that you understood that it wasn't just babbling. So, so I mean, nah, if you agree, you'd probably I, have more championships, Todd. But what, what can we say? I mean, we've had three seasons, and I got two. So, uh. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's dive right so, in. All right, so um. The back-to-back champ uh, is... I'm going to love this year. It's going to be great. Uh, So, for me, it's a no-brainer. Well, I would say it's close because the other guy is a phenomenal receiver. But number one for me, my number one prospect that is not a QB would be C.D. Lamb. Hands down. I think he has the highest ceiling. He just looks like a number one wide receiver written all over him. He's the kind of guy I could see top five dynasty wide receiver in a few years. And he just keeps filling his frame and there's more to fill. And when you look at the numbers, the numbers are there. Last year, so broke out in 2017 as a freshman with 46 catches, 800 yards, and 7 TDs. Excellent freshman numbers. You know, followed it up with a great campaign his sophomore year, but his junior campaign... When he went for over 1,300 yards, averaging 21 yards a catch and 14 TDs. And he showed the ability to be dangerous in the punt regime turn. And for me, I don't, like, I would be interested to look at some advanced analytics about him. The numbers ideas, like, I find it interesting for me. I found success without using them, so I'm, that's why I'm reluctant. But I do find them interesting. I don't really need them for him. Because you look at the numbers and you go look at him on tape. The guy is an animal. My favorite highlight I've seen of him it's not even a catch. It's a sweep run. He has a seal block to give the corner, and then he comes off the seal block and crack blocks the crap out of a linebacker and just just flexes over him. I'm like, this dude just loves football, man. And he he's he's so physical after the run. He's makes he's unbelievable catch radius, high point, 
like he'll stretch the field. He can play it off a of screen. You can go back sort of fade to him in a corner. The guy can do nothing wrong as a wide receiver on a football field. The one thing I think that he'll probably have to work on is probably his release a little bit because he's such a physically bit and like and for a college receiver, he's a dominant physical wide receiver that he'll probably have to work on his release a little bit against that. But that's that's something a lot of guys have to work on coming out of the college game. So. I, as you can tell, I'm very excited about CD Lamb. And Todd, I, really I, I mean, I thought you were just about to throw on your shoulder pads, shoulder pads, and then run a fullback dive through the through the line, man. I, I mean, I thought you were ready to go the way you were talking about that tape and you know, crack oh. box. Oh God, man, I, I, dude, crack box are the greatest thing ever in playing football. <laughs> like, it's just like it's just like I'm about to light you up, and you have no idea. Oh, it's so great. Um, yeah. So, anyways, like, I would probably say that. He is the the prospect I'm most excited about in like the last three years, easily. So, so he's def- I Todd, I agree. He's my number one. Um, he's my number one wide receiver. Um, pretty, you know, pretty substantially number one. Um, he he has that hit all, like you were saying. I'm not even gonna go into stats because you, I mean, the like the raw stats because you you covered that perfectly. Um, technically, though, he did break out at age 19 because um, breakout age is when he attained over 20 percent. Market share of his um, college offense, and he did that at 19. You're right; he did show well as a freshman, but he officially broke it at age 19. And Todd, he did, he like you said, he did it all. He had um, 14.1 percent average of his um, um, scrimmage scrimmage yards for his offense. Um, that's like 68th percentile, and he had 1.17 yards per play. That's 89th percentile. He was a beast. He averaged 11 TDs per year. Um, that's pretty. That's that's you know he's an alpha when that happens, Todd. So. 90, that's 95th percentile, and like he he returned 54 returns, and he's what? How tall is he? Todd? is he six two? What? He's six. He's six three. Six three. So he's reper- he's returning punts at that size. That shows you that he's dynamic. He's a playmaker. He's got great after the catch ability, um, and the, he's basically a perfect prospect for me. Except his size is he's a, like you kind of hinted at. His size isn't quite ideal for like the true DeAndre Hopkins or the AJ. Uh, or Julio Jones, that's that true size, but he does it all despite his size. And you don't, and you know, size doesn't necessarily mean everything. He's he's got it all, Todd. I, I think I can move on. CD Lamb, number one well, for both of us. Here's the thing, like I, that's the other thing. I'm glad you brought up size because that's the other thing that everybody keeps talking about with him. I think that people tend to forget that is like when he came out of high school, he came in at 180. He's one, he's 195 now. You know, the kid has been putting in the work. He he, she's chiseled. And if you look at his frame, there's plenty to fill. Like, he's going to be around 210. You know what I mean? And, and like, he's 20. <laughs> you know? Like, I kind of feel like we got to remember that, like, guys are going to continue to develop, too. You know? So, um, I, I, that 15-pound gain is also things that makes me feel a little better about that whole thing about the, the size piece. So, um, the only other thing, too, is I want to bring up, because I actually wrote this down for a lot of guys, is... Um, I have some comps for every guy. So, um, a lot of people have been comparing him to who you said, which would be Nuke, right? Yep. Um, Hopkins. But for me, one of my favorite players when he came out as a rookie and with his first few years was Larry Fitzgerald, man. I loved Larry Fitzgerald when he first came into the league. I still love Larry Fitzgerald, you know? But um, that that's what reminds me of him when I watch him play, which is probably what gets me excited. And how about this, Dave? Imagine Lamb landing in Arizona. <laughs> I I would, I mean, Christian, my Christian Kirk shares would not love it, but uh, I mean... I that, think your Christian Kirk shares would benefit from it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's let's just... CD Lamb with Kyler Murray, that would really help. I think that would give Kyler Murray an extra weapon, um, be perfect for that offense and seeing them exp- um, expand. Uh, I mean, it's perfectly in his butt. But we'll see. I mean, who knows? We'll yeah. even make it to eight. I think it's eight, right? Who knows if he yeah. makes that far? He's that good. He could go in the top five. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it, And the thing about this draft, too, is like when it comes to wide receivers or the landing, I think part of where they're going to land is also the, the depth of the position is insane. But I think like Lamb and Judy are the two guys that people need to like think about early, you know? So, um, so yeah, oh, so anyway. Oh, can I ask you a question before we move on? Yeah. Where does he fall for you amongst net wide receiver who, who is where does he kind of fall for you like the draft what where would you take him to start up over what like wide where like where would i tear him yeah um if you give me two seconds i actually right, I, did this so, so i uh, have him coming right well while you're doing while you're looking for yours i can say yeah. i do i take him right after julio i take julio and then it's 
and then it's CD. So I have CD would be, let's see. So who, yeah, who would you take him over? Wow, you are, whew, you're a little bit bigger than I am. I actually, so would you take, oh, let me ask you this. So it depends on, actually, now that you say Julio, you might be really low in Julio to a certain degree. Julio's my so, wide receiver 15 in Dynasty, and CD is my wide receiver 16. Yeah, so I have, Julio's not my 15. Um, so <laughs> I I have um, I have Lamb at 18 right now and Judy at 19. So, I mean, we're just, that. I yeah. mean, we're, two spots isn't that end of a nope. deal. So. But now that I'm looking at it, um, I it, the big question marks there is I have Diggs and Boyd right ahead of them. I'm really high on Tyler Boyd, especially with getting Burrow as his QB. Um, so yeah, so I have them both in front of Metcalf and Cup, you know, so, um, so anyways, so the second guy in this tier who I have right behind Lamb in, uh, overall rankings is Jerry Judy. So first thing, if you're surprised that the tier one for me is Lamb and Judy, then congratulations. Um, you're most likely a healthier, more well-adjusted person than the rest of us dynasty nuts that you find on Twitter and Facebook groups, such as us, who are talking about rookie rankings in, fe- in February. Um, so these are two stocks in the Mason, and two of the most safest picks with a lethal combination of like unbelievable upside you will come across in years. So um, for for me, um, to me, I feel like Lamb's the animal and Judy's the technician. So what I mean by technician is you watch him run a route. And I feel like that's what you should show like a high school kid of how to run a certain route. His footwork is absolutely impeccable. He has his leg kick that I just love that he uses as a juke. And uh, his cuts are just explosive, precise. He's had phenomenally productive years at Alabama for the last two years. Um, you know, 14 touchdowns. He's actually regressed a little bit this year because his numbers went down. But... Um, you know, also, Tua going down and having a QB change doesn't help in the middle of the year, too. But um, he reminds me a lot, like, a big comp to him, a lot of people are saying, is uh, Odell Beckham Jr., which I could get behind. But when I watch him run routes, he reminds me a lot of Marvin Harrison. Just the way that Marvin Harrison was such a sound technician-like receiver that that's what made him successful in the NFL for so many years is that his route running was so precise and he came out of his cuts so clean and so quick and he knew how to work angles really well. And Judy looks very polished before he's even an NFL pro with his route running. So um, I the landing spots I really liked for him were the Jets because I could see him being the wide one and I feel like with Sam Darnold who does really well in that, that shorter to immediate range uh, throws would be good. Definitely a cowboy. Um, I think that even if they brought back Cooper, he'd be a great guy on the other side of the ball. Uh, then, or kind of want him out with get, with. Um, but I uh, all three you, of them. Well, if you had all three of them, I also think that um, you could actually play Judy in the slot. Like that's oh. how good of he is. It's like that. But also, like you also you draft Judy, you could just let Cooper go, and then you you know you can invest money in all the other places. You know. And um, the Browns obviously made sense to me, like playing on the other outside and having Landry in the slot. And then um, Detroit. I, it, I That I actually think is my favorite spot for him. Him and Galladay as a one and a two would just be absolutely insane. So, um, but there, I would be stoked to have either of them. But clearly, as you guys can see, I'm not looking like I'm ready to run through a wall talking about him like I was a lamb. So, but I would take the animal over the technician. So, and the other thing, too, is, like, you know, Lamb showed that as a returner, and Lamb also continued to get better, where Judy had a little regression this year. So that also gives Lamb a little bit more of uh, that. And also that crack block highlight, definitely. That gives me some points. <laughs> so, so tough. All right. All right. I have a couple of confessions to make with Jerry Judy. I have come a long way on Jerry Judy. I had to not have him in my Tier 1 originally. I had him in my maybe right at 4 or 5, maybe 5. Um, not wow. as far as two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, that being said, I have do I have dived in. I've explored his his uh, his metrics a bit more, his stats a bit more. And there's if you look, you can if you squint a little bit, then you're like, okay, wait a second, I, I can understand a couple things here. First, he broke up at age 19, which is excellent. That's what you want. Also, too, what we should be talking about is that both CD. Oh, actually, you mentioned they'll, they'll be 21 by the start of this year, and we love early wide receiver prospects to be young. They're, when their age-adjusted production is high, that is something that we like. They are performing against um, 
juniors and seniors whose bodies have matured and at younger ages when their bodies aren't fully developed they're um, outperforming them based on their skill and just natural athleticism that is a plus so judy it's gonna be 21 at the start of this year he broke with 19 love it um and that so what the knock is taught on most people with jerry judy is one his size he's a little undersized um but that being you know not it's not terrible um and I, I don't even really care about size, honestly. I care more about produ- uh, his uh, production and his just. If you look at his normal uh, market share of yard, um, receiving yards in the Alabama offense, it's pedestrian. It's right, you know, right around that fifty. He barely, he barely hits the um, some of the target lines you'd like to see um, based on age. However, I delve a little deeper, Todd. I looked at when you combine it with the scrimmage um, yards and touchdowns, he actually comes in a little bit above average, right around the fifty-third percentile, and. What really is what really set what really I've kind of made me stop and pause is like wait a second I'm looking I'm trying to overthink this his scrim yards per scrimmage yards per play it was 0.99 so right under one per play or one yard per play that's 79th percentile that shows me that's that's more important than just um, you know market share of yards and that and it shows me that yes if you look deep enough and you look at the right numbers Judy actually did perform well based on his um, age adjusted production. And he also had caught a lot of touchdowns, which is what you like to see. Um, you like to see that. And like you said, not a lot of uh, not a lot of returns. Actually, zero returns in his college career, which I would like to see because, especially with the, what what kind of um, body type he projects, I'd like to see him returning punts. But whatever, Alabama has a lot of athletes. You understand why he wouldn't, right? So, and a lot. And just one thing, Todd. The counter argument is people are like, well, there was a ton of great um, talent at Alabama. Yeah, despite there's only. There's a lot of talent in a lot of these elite programs, and I understand how good these the recruits were at Alabama. But the matter of fact is, is he still? It, you can't. It, you can't always adjust for the the teammates because that's what you're already adjusting for your teammates when you look at um, scrimmage market or you know the market share of yards. So I, um, I don't really that, buy that argument. I I don't. I, I think you have to adjust, particularly with that wide receiver core. I would say that wide receiver core and LSU's wide receiver core is some of the deepest wide receiver cores I've ever seen. I mean, you have two wide receivers that are in most people's top six in this in in this class, and then next year you have two that could be top ten. So since two thousand, Todd. The only wide receiver core where you can actually make that argument like, oh, the level of competition was so good, was the Miami Hurricanes 2000 class. When Aud- I think Andre Johnson was in that class, possibly. Mm-hmm. That's when you can make an excuse for how good the talent was because all those players end up being good, are, they were, and that showed um, how they performed in the NFL. Any other class, when you say people like, oh, well, they had really good, or any other prospect, you said, oh, they had really good teammates. Yeah, well, guess what? It didn't really pay off that way. When you that argument never has paid off, except for the Miami two thousand, um, the Miami two thousand team. So, I mean, that, hey, there's always can be another one, but just the odds. I like to play the odds, and but it doesn't matter with it doesn't really matter with Judy. This is more of an argument for rugs. But Judy, he hit the benchmarks you like to see. He has he's going to have a high draft capital. He broke out. Um, yeah, so I think he ends up coming in at my three, uh, my third wide receiver, still in my top tier. But I'm happy that it's to say that I've come a long way with him. So, and, and as you should have. And before we move on to um, the next tier, I just wanted to say that that 2000 Miami receiving core was Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, Santana Moss, and Jeremy Shockey, which is so that's that's special. legit. That was legit. Well, my point being is like, so the guys that like, like when we get the rugs, like I can probably say that I've tempered a little bit on rugs and Devonte smith next year is a guy that i'm not 100 percent sold on too but um i mean you can't like i think jalen waddle is going to be the guy who's going to probably really step up the next year but um i mean it's still a special core it's not as special as lsu's core might i add but <laughs> i'm just trying to say that like it, it's it's something to said to say like when you're putting up 77 catches with guys that are all possible, with three other guys that are going to be first or second round draft picks over the next two drafts, you're sharing one football. That it's just that simple, you know. So at Chris Bean on Twitter, Todd, he's um, he's really good. He's a lot better at the numbers thing than I am. Um, he does it. He says he did, talks about it a lot better than I do. Um, so I'll let I can just direct people to, to do better argument, but basically I did a really, uh, just paraphrasing what he said. But so if you really want to dive into it, I dive into what his, the points he makes because he does an excellent job um, laying it out. But anyway, 
All right, Beanie, let's have it. All right. <laughs> so, um, so anyways, no, but, okay, I'm glad that you've seen the light because don't overthink it. The guy is legit. So, um, so we're ready to move on to tier two? Uh, not quite so fast. So, I, so, my so, whoa, 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 whoa. so, you have a guy that you're going to put in the same tier as Lamb and Judy. I, I do, yes. That's do. right. You said Judy was three. Yep. So, I'm just going to, enough. This guy, all right, so let's just play a little game. This guy broke out at age 18. So, he broke out as, like, you know, freshman, true freshman season. He has, he has the measurables that you want as far as his height, weight. Those all hit the right benchmarks. He dominated his, um, his college offense from a age production age adjusted production he um he was dynamic with 36 um kick returns punt returns combined and um he's gonna be 21 he's gonna be 21 at the start of this nfl season so his name's jalen Rager out of tcu todd big fan he um 87th percentile um scrimmage market share combined scrimmage market share he had 74 percentile scrimmage, scrimmage yards per play and 82nd percentile um scrimmage t- uh, scrimmage touchdowns per year so on the on average all those are av- our career averages so the and that's i'm really excited about him he's incredibly fast so when people talk about fast receivers he's gonna be right up there with henry ruggs i'm not sure if he's gonna be as fast as henry ruggs but he i think jalen Rager was the fastest um times wide receiver on the football field this year um faster than ruggs so his play speed at least according to the, you know that one sample you never know how play to play or whatever but so Rager's gonna be a burner the only problem with Rager's um, profile, Todd, is he had a little bit of dip in um, dip in his production last year. Um, a little, a little, yeah, a little bit. He still hit some. He still hit the right threshold. But then when you and, and that you can explain it for he, how many quarterbacks did he have at TCU? He had six quarterbacks uh, at TCU. That's um, fine. Kenny Hill was one of his his quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, he might have been the best quarterback that he had. Um, best quarterback he has is Max Duggan. So at what I'm just it was Todd it was ugly the quarterback play, um, and then also I've heard some from the film people I expect like Ray GQ on Twitter I think his name is Ray GQ. Um, mm-hmm. He says that Rager Love sometimes Ray GQ. <laughs> sometimes he says Rager tries to beat people with speed too often um, instead of trying to just take the under like you know take an underneath like a uh, cutback for an underneath route or I'm I'm not much of a route guy but yeah instead of doing that. Um, always trying to burn it. You know, you're gonna have to, you know, expand a little bit like that. But that being said, Todd, he hits everything that I I want to see in a receiver. Um, I hope he's gonna be, still be a value come rookie draft season because I think he's going at like the nine ten in superflex, maybe even eleven twelve sometimes. Um, yep. I would love to be, you know, p- teams that were in the playoffs and competing for a championship. If he lands on your squad, I'd be extremely happy. So that's the kind of play. That's how deep this t- this class is, man. If you get that kind of guy at the end of round one, that's you'd be really excited about. But anyway, so what don't what what you, what don't you like about Rager, Todd? I love Rager. I oh. mean, that's my my point is that I think putting him in the same class as Judy and Lamb is just not okay. That's that's just my opinion. Like, first of all, also I love how he has a breakout age at eighteen. But yet, Lamb doesn't. But he had significantly better numbers in the same. It's all about season. percent. It's about the percentage of your college offense. So it's like if a, sure. if you go to an offense that yeah, throws that, all the time, whatever. That's fine. I get that. I, I'm trying to say that, I, and I do understand the the reasoning and the metric behind that. I'm just saying it's like it overcomplicates. It's in my mind. You know what I mean? Essentially, you're taking a guy. You're saying like you're you're benefiting too much from your offense, but this guy. Is dominating this offense that doesn't, you know, yeah, Todd, it's like playing at Texas. Te- it's like playing at the old, you know, the two thousands Texas Tech. They threw yeah. the ball all the time. That yeah. inflates your numbers. The only and thing Oklahoma is between inflates Rager your numbers versus too. Lame's numbers. He had one more touchdown his freshman year. That's it, you know. But anyways, but that's what I'm saying. So that was my big thing about like the whole breakout age. Like Lame doesn't have a breakout age because he didn't hit that threshold. Like, oh, you know, yeah, no, Lame has a good nineteen. That's nineteen still good. Eighteen is just extraordinary. Well, it should have been 18. He just didn't have that. He didn't have it because he just didn't hit, like, a certain percentage, even though, like, he hit 807 yards and 7 TDs on 46 catches. But that's not a breakout. That's ridiculous. Whatever. So, anyways, that's that to me is what I'm saying to myself. That's where you're finding your loophole in that, in that crap. That's all I'm saying. So, anyways, um, with Rager, for me, like, that 2018 season, like, pops out at you. And then you look at his punt return pieces. Like, and, uh, like let's put it this way. I'm still buying into advanced analytics. My biggest thing about it is, is like I've done well without them, and I don't want to change the way I do business. You know, so 
if I start to stumble, maybe I'll think differently. However, with this kid, it was all eye tests for me. So Dave can attest that I was a rugs truther for like well over a year, and like I just was so in love with rugs. And rugs gets more claim because he played at Alabama, not at TCU. So once like Jalen Rager started popping up on Twitter constantly, and I'm like, all right, I gotta dive more into this. You're just but you're like you're you're the numbers nerd. I'm the eye test guy. I started looking at film and I freaking love him. <laughs> it's like watching a video game. His ability to change directions is unbelievable. He, like watching him under turn, you just see that this guy is insanely fast and an insane athlete. And he got clocked at 24 miles per hour, I think, this year on one of his uh, on a fade route, and he just burned it, dude. It was, and I watched that so. I did a deep, deep, deep dive into him with film, and it's unreal. Like, I boosted him, like, four spots just once I got done. He's so aggressive. That's the other thing, too. So, what got me to put him over rugs is the fact that he's aggressive. Like, he is a fighter. He's a battler. He plays much bigger than 5'11 whenever he's on, on the football field. The, to, Todd, the, uh, what, from the film guys I respect, they say that he is really good at um, high-pointing high the ball and going after it, and, you know, yeah, like, which is a very important skill. Phenomenal at high-point. However, what I would say, though, is like when you watch some of the high-point catches, you can see yourself like, you're not playing the SEC. That's for sure. You know what I mean? But... Um, the, he still was battling and like there was this one catch where he caught the ball and I swear as he's catching it he hit the R1 button on an old PS2 and did a juke and then hit it again and then juked again before he was even standing still I'm like like that's a video game like you like <laughs> human beings shouldn't be able to do things like that so the big uh, comp that I keep seeing is Percy Harvin which I refuse to ever use Percy Harvin's name as a positive thing so, um, I, I would say that he's definitely more of a D-Jax kind of a guy to me. And I, I love him so much. Like, I'm Rager for me is four. Um, and he's he's in my tier two because for me, Layman, Judy, and it's everyone else, you know? And there's a guy that I almost want to put tier one we haven't talked about yet. And um, I have him as the only guy over Rager. All right. All right. Let's talk. Let's talk about him because we, we're about halfway through the show, Todd. We've talked about three guys, so let's let's we we dove deep into these tier one guys. Now let's let's uh, let's not quite rapid fire, but let's pick it up a notch. All right. So the last guy I'll probably get into a little bit more in depth about is T Higgins. I really want to put him in the tier one. I think he's the best value guy. If you can get, so I just traded my one twelve pick and it killed me because this is what I as I'm trading away. I'm like goodbye T Higgins, you know. <laughs> But I also said hello, Nuke, Nuke Hopkins. Yeah, okay. So I wasn't too upset about that. So uh, T Higgins, um, this guy is a freaking monster. 6'4", 225, unbelievable athletic, strong wide receiver. His body control is unreal. He's going to be a red zone beast. He can stretch the field. Catch radius is phenomenal. High point catcher. He'll bully guys in contested catch situations. The big thing for him and me is... The way that he catches the balls in contested catches. When you watch him play, and I've watched him probably more than most people because I really enjoyed watching Clemson play, is that when you can go up and you can bully a guy on a contested catch, that's a skill that's going to translate really well in the NFL because the level of competition with the cornerbacks and the size of them is a significant step up once you get to the NFL. So if you're already having an ability to get up there and use your size and bully people, that being able to catch contested balls is an important part in the NFL. So my comp for him would have been like a bigger AJ Green, but my ceiling for him is T.O. So wait, so I, you're saying that he's already better than AJ Green? No, no, I'm just saying he's bigger than AJ Green. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, because no. when you go for AJ Green and then you said no, ceiling, I was like, no. wait a second, wait no, a no, second. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I'm saying like, it, I, I could say that I could easily see him being in that category as AJ Green in the right situation. Um, I, I think that T Higgins is somewhat disrespected in this draft because of how deep it is. And because of Judy and Lamb, like Higgins to me is a top ten pick in other drafts, easily, easily. Like Dave, if you haven't done a d deep dive on like his breakout is and his percentiles, like look him up, man. Like the numbers oh. are there. 
Oh, I've, lo- I've looked, Todd. I've looked. I have him right I here. Right, right but, here. So, like, for me, like, but if you look at him, like, he reminds me a lot of T.O., you know, except he's not, hopefully he's not as crazy. So, um, for me, I could see him going early second round, late first round, and I could not think of a situation I'd rather see him in more than with the Ravens. And he would be their wide one. And then another thing that I could see as a legit possibility would be with him at Sanford or KC. Ugh, I hate all those. I hate all those landing spots. Yeah, well, Ugh. you're thinking about it more from a point of view of like how it hurts other players, right? No, no, no. I'm thinking of it as like a fantasy point. For, like Baltimore is not a high volume passing offense. Maybe eventually they will be, but I still think they're going to have a be the way that Lamar Jackson wins is his dual threat ability, and I don't see like I, they already have Marquise Brown. They're not saying Marquise Brown's going to be better than T. Higgins, but I, I, I like Marquise Brown is say, not even close to the level of T Higgins. I honestly would close. like to see. I know. I, I well, I'm not sure if I. I'm not. Eh, I don't. I don't have an opinion on that really. But I, I'll say that um, I would. I would rather have him in Buffalo or something like that, where he has a chance to be the true alpha. I'd rather have T Higgins be a true alpha, be the red zone, the number one red zone threat. Um, that's what I'd rather have. But anyway, that's. I mean, this is all we're playing fantasy land. Well, no, we're already playing fantasy football, but we're playing extra <laughs> fantasy land when we're talking about yeah. landing spots. Anyway. Yep. Um, but the thing with so t- I'm actually really surprised with how like um, how bullish you are on T Higgins. Um, I will say he is like a carbon cutout of your ideal wide receiver size. Um, yep. He is. If you were to mold a wide receiver out of clay, I think it would probably pretty much be T Higgins. At least one of the one of the prototypes would be T Higgins. Um, he had a nice breakout age at age 19. He is a young wide receiver at 19 or or 20. He'll be 21 when he comes in the NFL. Um, he's uh, you know and. So that's you like, and he played in big time competition, uh, the big time team. Um, that being said, Todd, his stats or his, like his um, his market share stats, his scrimmage market sh- um, his scrimmage market share stats are average. He's got he's like 40, 47th percentile of average um, scrimmage TD and um, scrimmage yards uh, market share. He's got. Um, 57th percentile scrim yards per play. So that's not it's not that's not bad. I'm not saying these are bad. And these are and but then the really thing that does stand out is he is a red he has been a red zone weapon. 9.3 average touchdowns for his three years at Clemson. That's 90th percentile. That is big boy stuff right there. So I don't really love to project off touchdowns, but the stats are telling me that um you know or the, the numbers are telling me that scrimmage touchdowns are pretty uh, a pretty decent factor. So Huh. I, I'll, I'll listen to him. So not so that's a really good thing for T. Higgins. Um, not much of a return guy, but I, I, I don't necessarily blame him for being that kind of stature. I wouldn't really see a guy uh, returning punts at, the, at that stature. But eh, he's a good he's a good prospect. He comes at at five for me. Um, I I I'm happy. I'm happy. I, I think he's a five solid prospect, Todd. That's that's. I don't think he's amazing. He's just a solid prospect. I I like him. That's all I can say. You love him. I like him. I love him. I absolutely love him, and I see a bet coming in our future. Just okay. Saying. All right. So, yeah. um, all right. So, just to recap, my one was Lamb, my two was Judy, my three was Higgins, my four was Rager. So then you went. Your one was Lamb. Your two was Rager. Your three was Judy. Who's your four? So four is Brian Edwards out of South Carolina, and that's despite Holy him breaking his foot. Crap. Despite breaking his foot, Todd. I'm not. You know, until I hear that he's missing training camp time with that broken foot, I don't, I don't care if he's got, he's missing a leg. If that, if you that's have the case. him four. Yes. Yeah, man. I have him at the top, like as the second guy in my tier three. Go, just go. Yeah, go ahead. So, Todd, first things first, which I love to say is he's got the age seventeen breakout. He played his true freshman season at South Carolina at the age of seventeen, and he broke out. He hit over twenty percent of the combined touchdowns in. Um, uh, and receiving market share, so that was congratulations that is, on, on graduating high school early, like whatever. So, dude, he's playing against college seniors and juniors at age seventeen. That's badass to be able to break out at age seventeen. Now, that, no, dude, it's not the it's not the number one um, tell all stat to break out at seventeen. It's just the first I really, thing you said. <laughs> it's exciting, Todd. It's, it's, breakout age really matters, man. It really matters, and it's exciting when you see. Like, I'm looking through database, and I think I have like three guys who bro- who even pl- like maybe four guys who played at 17. Let alone he broke out at 17 in the SEC. Um, so 
that's cool. And he's got a he's got a, he's got a, a good body. I like his um his body. I like his body measurements. Do you? I like his body. I do. <laughs> oh yeah. Let me clear my throat here. Sorry. Um, no. And then he's just Todd from a market share point of view. He's 79th percentile combined scrimmage yards market share. I'm gonna and he's got from a per, yards per play. He's nine or he has 0.98 scrimmage yards per play. That's 78th percentile. And he also scored TDs. He had averaged six TDs across his four years at at South Carolina. And he played four years, and he's still going to be entering the NFL at age 21. And he also returned punts, and he did this. He returned those, or return, he returned punts for kickoffs. I can't remember which, but he had 19 of those. So he he, he dominated from an age-adjusted production standpoint. He also returned kicks. He's got the right body type. Um, besides missing a foot right now, apparently, um, there's a lot to <laughs> like. He also tests. I looked at his, Todd, I went in, I looked at his, his measurements at, like, his um, testing what he ran the 40 at he had a great time coming at age 17 coming into south carolina he had people think he's slow and stuff like that i think he ran a 454 at 17 and he was probably 185 pounds or something like that and he's like give me a break he's he's an athlete and he did this too with debo samuel and that and he's had some bad qb play and he's a he he hits all he checks all my boxes he checks all my boxes that's why he's at four no one else checks all my boxes like brian edwards does in this tier I mean, and, so yeah. I mean, he passed some eye tests with me when I watched him, but like, I, I'm sorry. Like, I'm looking at these numbers, and like, you can advance into the analytics all you want, but like, at the same time, the guy never got over a thousand yards. Like, that, like his, his his yards per catch were eleven point five. He yards was used, per like, catch is a very subjective. Is a very subjective. Yeah, stat yeah, time. yeah. Whatever, whatever. I get it. Okay, but my point being is like. Yeah, um, my big thing is like yes, it's impressive what he was able to do as a freshman. I'm I'm not getting at that. The fact he was able to be productive when he had Debo Samuel with him was very impressive. So like I like him. I just I'm not I'm not that high on him. So like I had him at ten, and he's pretty much in my tier three. Like I don't think we even get to tier three today, so I wouldn't even talk about him today. <laughs> so I, I I Todd, I like him. So I like him a lot. Right. I'm exci- he's an exciting guy. That's a, what I like about him too. I love what the value I'm going to get out of him and getting the mid second round. Maybe he's going to fall the third round because of this broken foot thing. So, would you be open to a bet on Higgins versus Edwards post draft after we see where where things land? I yeah. I mean, I I assume that that Higgins or that Higgins is going to have a lot better draft capital, but I'll give I mean, you yeah, odds. I'll give yeah, you odds. I'll, I'll take I'll take odds. Yeah, sure. We'll I'll see. We'll odds. talk about it. All right, man. All right. I mean, All right. mind you, I like T. Higgins too. I just, I just brought Brian Edwards, and I could see that could be a just a a um, philosophy rank right now. But say if mm-hmm. he is injured and that foot, feet are a, a not a great thing to be breaking as far as wide yeah. receivers. That like you don't want to screw in your foot. I don't know if he did, but you do not want to screw in your foot, especially at a young age. You do not want to be missing no. time as a rookie. So yeah, so it's we'll see. Very unfortunate. But, <clears throat> very unfortunate. And um, we'll definitely make sure the Twitter world knows about this bet if it happens. <laughs> so all right. So. Um, for me, so that was your four. I feel like we should just do five right now for me because it's a guy we've already talked about. Um, I feel like this is the most polarizing prospect in the draft, and that's Henry Ruggs. Like, you have, like, your diehard truthers that are ready to start, to, like, Twitter wars over him. Then you just have the guys that just cannot stand him. Dave! And, um, <laughs> yeah, so for me, like, he was my boy until recently you know and i feel like the rager comparison with me got me once i put rager over him i started giving him some thoughts so right now pre-combine pre-everything else he's five on my list because i still really like him so he's kind of the definition for big risk big reward he's what's to put it this way what's he known for is speed he's got track speed he's got great body control and he's a solid route runner um he had decent Polish production was never the guy. Um, I've had a few things I've seen about people saying that he could be like a Tyree Kill type, which I'm like, mm-hmm. easy guy, you know? He doesn't have, I, he doesn't have the, the shiftiness that Tyreek does. So, right, exactly. So, honestly, you ready for my deep cut? He kind of reminds me a little bit of Joey Galloway, you know? Galloway. I would have like, said... Uh... I like, in, but yeah, sure. I like Joey Galloway, and Joey Galloway was a good football player. So now I'm kind of saying like he doesn't have that shift as much. It's more like straight speed. He had, I mean, like he is a freak athlete. He'll go up and catch the ball. Like he has a high point of like catching, and defense are going to have to respect him. So for me, 
do we see Ruggs as more of a better football player for a real team than as a fantasy guy? Oh, 100%. I think that's yeah. the, the biggest argument you could make. And, too, and he's a classic best ball player, it feels like, because he yeah. did score touchdowns at Alabama. That like There were a lot of mouths to feed, Todd. Cle- cle- uh, cue the cliche sound effect. There were a lot of mouths to feed. He averaged 8.3 touch, scrim touchdowns over his three years at young age. So that is the biggest thing for him is he was incredibly efficient at scoring touchdowns. So and it was insane, his, his touchdown yep. scoring ability. And for me, like, you you always go into, like, you know, the advanced pieces and your I, t- I thought he was whatever. shifty. I thought, I, I, well, the first thing I ever said about him was he's shifty. Or yeah. he wasn't as shifty. I talked about his right. shiftiness. Well, my thing for me, like, <laughs> what got me for Rager over Ruggs was an eye test, you know? Yeah. Where, like, so whenever you watched Rager play, he's playing in very contested, crowded areas and making some pretty incredible plays. Ruggs just open. So, to me, it's kind of like the system really got him in places where he could operate. He was never really in crowded areas as much. Playing so, against the team's third cornerback, yeah. Right. So, like, to me, it's kind of like, you know, like, it, it, it's kind of like that gives me some question marks about him going that. And it got to the point where I traded him in my Debbie League. I traded him, Thielen, and Steven Simmons, who people are loving at the end of the year, for Amari Cooper. So I was very happy with that trade. So um, I'm a little all over the place with Rucks. He's still my five right now because I feel like in the right spot, he could be dangerous, you know? And then for other guys like that might go over him, like I could see the ranking changing, but right now he's my five. But it's a shaky ground for Rucks at five for me. Yeah. So... Um, Who'd you have? A t- who'd you have at five? I had T. Higgins at five. So yep. and then after him at, at six, I have Justin Jefferson at LSU. Okay. Um, I have him I, seven. Yeah. So, so I fluctuate. I fluctuate a lot between Tyre John- or Tyre Johnson and Justin Jefferson. Basically, um, this is with assumed draft capital. Draft capital matters a lot when you're looking at the numbers um, for wide receivers. Not as much as running backs, but a lot for wide receivers. And Justin Jefferson had some really also had some great age adjusted production. Um, not as good as Tyler Johnson, but he still, you know, had, you know, he had, you know, hit the 50th percent of the um, combined scrimmage market share, and it, from per play, he was uh, 60th percentile. And then he scored some TDs, and that was with Jamar. Is it Jamar Chase? Is that his name? Yep. With Jamar Chase, um, he still had he averaged eight out of over his first three years, and I think it, it when his age 18 season, Todd, he didn't even like they didn't have a good quarterback. And he still ended up averaging eight um, scrimmage touchdowns over the years. Nothing really from a returns aspect. Um, I think from what I've been told is he, he um, profiles as a slot, a big slot type wide receiver, Todd. Yep. That's, that's what um, I'm hearing about and him too. He's, he's like a early second round for me. I'll be taking him. I mean, I, he might go late first round in a lot of drafts, like especially without Superflex. But early, for a Superflex draft, late, you know, or um, early early second, mid-second, I'm ha- I'd be very happy with getting that kind of production. Yeah, I feel like he'd be a very steady wide receiver. 202, 203, um, I'd be happy to take him. If you're getting him at 205, 206, you're getting a steal. So, and that's, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, so I really like him too. So I had him at seven. Um, my big thing with him is is that, like, he had that monster performance he had in the Peach Bowl with those four TDs in the first half. He, <laughs> will, I mean, that was, that was so fun to watch, man. And, uh, I mean, he had a great sophomore year. You know, 175 yards, you know, averaging 16.2 a catch with 60 Ds. And then 111 catches this year, dude. I mean, for like 15.40, you know, 18 TDs. I mean, that is an offense that was just historically good at passing. It was probably the best offense in college history, right? Wouldn't you right. say one of the best? Yeah, probably the best, <laughs> I'd imagine. So, um yeah, I mean, when you adjust it to the rest of the team, I'm like, I'm sure it's, there's something to be said exactly. about that. And that's that. exactly what it is. I mean, but, that's, but you can't fault it. He still did well. He still, he did still well. had 111 catches, 500 yeah. yards, and 18 touchdowns. You know? So to me, I'm like, he, I think he could be a, a great wide two or a phenomenal wide three on a team. He could stretch a four, but he's, he could stretch a field, not a burner. The, what he is, is he's a solid all around receiver who could use his height in mismatches in, in the red zone. That's what I see from him. So he's consistently good. I, I, he's just a good player. So for me, my question to you, Dave, is: Does the combine heavily affect his draft stock? No. So I. So when you just for his height, if you were you just forty time for height, um, that is. I was actually really surprised because everyone talks about combine doesn't really matter for wide receivers, but in my stats, 
height adjusted or in my database height adjusted um, speed score does matter for wide receivers like gave me like an 11 r squared value which is pretty it's mm-hmm. decent for wide receivers not bad um and so i mean i would like to see him run fast i think i saw him run a did he run a four eight coming into coming into college uh, i think it was like a four seven <laughs> okay so not to, uh, mind you i'm i don't really care about there the times as much as you know as long as he it's more of a if you get this time or better or i'm okay more of a benchmark thing if you pass this then it matters to me it doesn't it's not like the faster you are the higher up the the stats you go because you can there's a lot of ways to win it by receiver in the nfl um so i you know i like justin jefferson so no, no what will matter more to me not necessarily his combine it'll be more his draft capital but nfl teams weight that combine more than i do and that's baked into draft capital for nfl teams so yeah so i you know it's a it's the chicken or egg argument fair enough um so he you had him at seven i at six for me i had sanal out of colorado um i now he has that groin injury right now which is very concerning and that's an injury that I feel like that could be something that we could see reoccurring. But until I get a little more information on that, I'm not going to really drop him. When Sinal catches the ball, man, he turns into an angry running back. And he's very dangerous after the catch. At Probably coming into the season, he was the wide one on a lot of boards. Like, he was the top-class prospect like in Devi coming to the season for a lot of guys because he had a great sophomore season with 86 catches a thousand yards six tds um he, he was getting, guy, he's gonna get that quarterback drafted i, yeah. I forget his name he's he's I gonna mean, get that quarterback out of colorado drafted essentially right i mean the other thing too is he had 42 carries too like they, they had raining plays with him you know so like he had you know he had seven rushing touchdowns in his career so he's a he's an explosive physical strong bruiser at wide receiver he's got ideal height the guy that he reminds me of is a bigger version of uh, golden tate and he will fight after the catch um absolutely heartbreaking story about his family and about why he wears his dreadlocks the way he does so i would love to tell it but i say it's more of a justice to go and read about it yeah um so the groin injury is really what gets me and i am concerned about the dip he had this year didn't he have a lot of injuries in his college career? Didn't he have a lot yeah. of nagging stuff? Yeah, he's had nagging stuff. So, like, at putting him at six for me, it was like, it's so, when I have a guy like that with the nagging injuries and he has an injury coming in, my point about it is, is that, like, at that point, like, that's like a boom bust for me. You know what I mean? I have a much higher ceiling for Sanalt than I do for Jefferson, right? So, like, for me, I'm like, I'm going to go take that risk and the mid-second round for a guy that has the talent to be a top-five first-round pick, you know? Mm -hmm. So to me, it's like if I get burned on a mid-second round pick, that's okay because if that second-round pick is supposed to be a big part of my success as a dynasty owner, then I'm doing a lot of other things wrong. (laughs) So to me, like, that's why I like him in that sixth spot because of his ceiling. You know, when I mean by, like, a bigger Golden Tate, like, imagine Golden Golden Tate, if he could run through you after the catch, too, you know. So, um, is he a, a poor man? I think I would call Lavisca Chanel the poor man's Nikhil Harry, but I mean, I don't think calling anybody a poor man's anything compared to Nikhil Harry right now is really fair. Oh, uh-huh. Nikhil Harry is a poor man's Nikhil, Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry hasn't done much. Oh, um, yeah. So, um, so yeah. I mean, I like Chanel. So I just want to go back and say a quick thing about Jefferson. I want to ask you something. So for Jefferson. Do you think Cincinnati needs a wide receiver? Um, it depends and what they do with AJ Green. Let's say AJ Green comes back. Um, they got Alex Harris. They got serviceable. I think they need more offensive line help. They need more defensive help. I agree. That's what I care more. I mean, you can always. I don't think you're. I don't. I'm not a big fan of. Oh, you you, you play with him in college. You draft the same wide receiver. I don't really like that. That. Uh, no, but I but I I agree. I do think that there's something to be said about rapport there. But I also like the idea if he were if it was AJ Green, Tyler Boyd. Jefferson and Ross um, on slots or playing trips with those two guys, that could be that could be special to a new offense. And that line's going to get they can still get better through the draft in other ways. And Jefferson's on a first round draft capital kind of a guy. So yeah, I also uh, Bruce Matson at um, Dynasty Week. Oh, he's football. a good yeah, he's a good guy. He I like he's a he's a great guy. Yeah, great guy in the community. 
he had um he had a phenomenal comp for him. He he compared him to Marvin Jones, and I love that Jefferson? comp. Oh yeah, that's a good comp. I loved that comp, so I wanted to throw that out there. That and I love me some Marvin Jones. You know, yeah, Probably I think more, he's, a, he's an undervalued right now in um in dynasty things. I I'd definitely pay a, a third a mid third for Jeff, Marvin Jones right now. Oh, I would too. Anybody in our week listening. So, um, anyways, um, do you have any more guys you want to get to, Dave? So, like, yeah. I got through my seven. So, who do you have? Yeah. Any- so, I mean, I will say that we didn't really talk about much. Tyler Johnson. He was incredibly, incredibly age-adjusted production type guy. He had, you know, 84th percentile market share, scrimmage market share numbers, um, 70th percentile yards, uh, scrimmage yards per um, per play, and then also he. Dominated the touchdowns at Minnesota, too. Unfortunately, people are really dinging him for his... They're going to say he's not much of an athlete, which I don't know. He looked like he, he looked like good catching balls at Minnesota. Um, he he did it, too. With, who's, is it Rondell Moore, Todd, at uh, Minnesota? Is that the guy? No. No, no, no. Rashawn Bateman. Rashad, oh, Rashawn Bateman. Yeah, Rashawn Bateman. Um, so, who's an awesome, awesome talent. So, he still produced with him there. Um yeah, he's great numbers, great numbers. I wish he'd come out last year. But that being said, I guess just there's something about him that the NFL guys don't like. Um, I'd love for some stats nerd like the Colts to take him in the fourth round or something like that. I get really excited about that. Um, but, yeah, I like Todd Johnson. But then I also to talk about guys that I'm really, really high on. Or Todd, I'd say because um, I have Isaiah Hodgins at nine, which is high for me. I really like he was a he was, you know, age adjusted um, numbers were awesome. And then, yeah, that's about, I mean, that's about it. I think we've caught, caught all the guys in my tier two, so. I mean, for me, for tier two, for uh, my my tier two ends with Tyler Johnson. So, so I have a top seven. Do you have, how many, how many are in your top two tiers? How many players? Eight. Okay. So, uh, for me, like, an eight, that's where Johnson gets cut, and Johnson cuts it off. I, I think he's the most underrated prospect in this draft by far. I mean, 1,300 yards, 33 touchdowns over 43 games. Is fan. He's a very technically sound, great route runner. And you know what I honestly could say about him is he's – if I had to be confident in a guy being ready to play day one, it's Tyler Johnson. Like, like he looks like he's ready to be an NFL pro already, you know? And he's had the steady production over the last two years. And he I really like him as a wide receiver three and a pass heavy offense. So maybe not in like from a fantasy perspective, um, this would hurt some other guys. From to, from a fantasy perspective, it would suck if you end up in Atlanta if you're a Ridley owner. Right? But that that would be a, next 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 team. Next team. Yeah, but <laughs> But tell me that Tyler Johnson with Ridley and Julio, where Tyler Johnson's draft capital wouldn't be that expensive either. That's a great fit, you know, for, for a team that's very pass-happy. Though the perfect fit for me is Green Bay. Green Bay, okay. I'd say, you know, I, 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 I'm i going to stick with the Colts when Phillip Rivers goes to the Colts and um, he becomes the Keen Allen for, for Phillip Rivers again. Oh, I'm totally cool with that. I'm totally cool with that, if that were actually all the fall in the place. But, um... <laughs> And, and, but like, there, there's a lot of moving pieces here. I'm just talking yeah, about one. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking I'm about face value in February. Like, you know, having him a possible like Devonte Adams, you stop this freaking carousel of wide receiver twos. You know, like th- there's opportunity there. Like nothing's worked out and stuck there. So um, I think that's a great spot for him. So, Todd, before we go, do we want to mention maybe some deep our deep sleepers? Or are we just tease that for next week? I think we're gonna tease that for next week. So. Okay. Um, I'm just going to real quick just uh, rattle off what we had. So for for our rankings right now, so for Tier 1, Dave had Lamb at 1, Rager at 2, and Judy at his, his third. That's where he ended Tier 1. Then his Tier 2 started with Edwards, Higgins, Jefferson, and then Tyler Johnson as the 7th to round out the tier. My Tier 1 was Lamb, Judy, and that ends my tier. My tier two started with Higgins and then went Rager, Ruggs, Sinault, Jefferson, and Tyler Johnson. So Dave has not once mentioned Henry Ruggs, so we'll see how well he'll go on that guy. And Sinault, <laughs> too. I haven't mentioned And Sinault. And Sinault. And um, I, I'll i get to Edwards relatively quickly. I do have a guy still ahead of Edwards who I'm very excited to talk about. Who I also traded in Devi, and I'm missing him dearly. So, uh, Dave, why don't you tell the people where to find you on Twitter and where to find your writing? 
Yeah, so you can find me at FF underscore Spaceman on Twitter. Um, I've had a lot of interactions in the last couple of weeks. I'm really enjoying talking to people about, you know, just shooting, uh, talk about, I almost swore here, trying to keep this family friendly. Um, just, you know, having fun, talking to people about, uh, you know, advanced analytics and just, you know, talking about all the good stuff that people are doing over at um, DFF underscore Dynasty. You can find my Superflex rankings at DFF Dynasty 2. And you can always check out my pin tweet, which is my college database. So, yeah, Todd, let's do this again next week. All right, you can find me at FFBanterMan on Twitter. I'm the guy who's making jokes, making fun of Dave, and not really diving into advanced analytics that much. So if you're looking to keep it real, check me out. All right, Tale Two Rivals. We'll finish up wide receivers in a couple of weeks. See you then. You are a straight-up rugsader, man. Uh, Todd, you know, the crazy thing is I brought him, I brought him up. <laughs> I feel like I'm no longer a hater because I brought him up. No, nah, you're a hater. You haven't even talked about him yet.